Welcome to Business Ninjas, brought to you by Write For Me, where you'll hear from business leaders who are out there growing their business and slaying it every day. Learn from the masters. Let's get started. Hey, everybody. Welcome back for another episode of Business Ninjas. I'm here today with Tyler Kanchazeski. He's the Vice President of Sustainability at Innovative Solar. Tyler, welcome to the show. Hey, Kelsey. Thanks for having me. It's good yeah. to be here. Yeah, excited to have you. So Tyler, why don't you start and tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, so I live in South Bend, Indiana. I'm a native here, lived here most of my life. And um, I, I graduated from Holy Cross College, which is across the street from Notre Dame. And uh, there's St. Mary's, it's all girls school right, right there as well. But I graduated in uh, 2012 and started working in the solar industry at a company called Innovata Solar. So I've been there for over 10 years now, since 2012, that time flies. Uh, so I've had uh, a lot of my professional experience has been in the solar industry. And, and uh, lately I, I've gotten uh, um, into more sustainability work outside of Innovatus as well. Interesting, tell me a little bit more about what you've been doing. Definitely, so, uh, so yeah, I'm the Vice President of Sustainability at, at Innovatus. And um, when I started, I was a little bit more in uh, sales and marketing and um, kind of kind of started from the ground up at Innovatus, learned a lot of the different departments and have evolved into my role now uh, as uh, directing sustainability and really got on that track after I finished an MBA uh, at Grand Valley State University in Michigan, not not too far from South Bend, only like an hour and 40 minutes away. And I, I did a, a sustainability track or a sustainability emphasis with my MBA, finished that in 2019. And then I came back and really honed in and basically sold our leadership team that we need to really springboard our, our sustainability efforts. Uh, we have great roots within the company around uh, doing the right thing for the planet. How can we grow? And essentially, I, I was able to uh, sell them on hiring me for that person to start the sustainability department in 2019. So, um, and, and now I, uh, you know, I've grown and uh, have uh, been doing some good work and have even gotten involved with some other companies. Uh, I, I have a, a family business with uh, my siblings that our father started in the early 90s. It's called Logistic Inc. And it's a freight securement company, a really niche stuff, uh, basically securing pallets and goods and semi-trailers and containers, uh, you know, securing them so there's no damages or there's no waste. And um, I help them with sustainability as well. So I, right now I, I split time between Innovative Solar and Logistic primarily. Interesting. Sounds like you've had an interesting career path kind of bringing you now to Innovatus. Tell me a little bit more about Innovatus. Yeah, Innovatus is a fun company. Um, we started in 2008, so we're about 15 years old. And, and that was started by uh, my dad, Tom Kanchazeski, uh, my brother, TJ Kanchazeski, and then uh, George Howard, Professor George Howard of Notre Dame. They all started it together and Nathan Vogel he's he's our longest uh, tenured uh, innovative employee he was there in the beginning and helped craft uh, the business plan as well along with uh, with TJ 
And um, they basically branched out of innovative development. They were they were doing uh, homes and commercial buildings kind of to a like a lead standard and trying to be uh, more more sustainable and solar was really growing. And, and then in 2008, the housing crash and the, the building market was was pretty volatile. So they decided to put put all the eggs in the solar basket. And uh, it's it's been a fun ride. Uh, like I said, I got involved in 2012 as things were on the the upward trend, and uh, I've seen us be really, um, you know, adaptive to the industry. And our sweet spot has been for a while, and still is is a, a solar builder. So we do uh, big ground mount projects or big rooftop projects. So we actually can design the system, procure all the equipment hire a subcontractor or multiple subs to build it for us, see it all the way through construction and then, and then commission it, turn it on. And uh, so we get hired by like a developer or somebody that's going to own the system to, to build it for them, design it, build it. And, um, and then even potentially maintain it. So we'd offer O&M services once it's installed Um you know, most solar projects are pretty low maintenance, but they still have to be monitored. And so we can do that as well. So uh, we're, we're what's called a EPC in the, in the solar industry, which stands for engineering, procurement and construction. And it's basically like you're a, you're just a, a builder or a general contractor and you would still have like hire out your subcontractors to do various work for you. Interesting. Interesting. And, you know, when you're talking about these different projects, do you tend to see trends in, um, you know, why, whether the locations or, you know, who is necessarily like, you know, receiving the, the different solar? Yeah. So we, you know, we're, we're headquartered in South Bend, Indiana. We, we've done a lot of our work in, in the Midwest and um, we try to be local as possible and hire local labor when we can but uh there's certain markets that that take off and and grow um, outside of the midwest so at times we're doing projects outside of the midwest for instance we've done work in new jersey or new york or uh, we're actually building some projects right now in new york <laughs> um yep uh, we've done work in kansas uh georgia uh so we've worked in a lot of states i think it's over 20 states now we've worked in so there is markets you know, a lot of it's around regulatory or pol policy related things and um, payback ROI. Like if, if certain markets, uh, because of incentives in place um, and the regulatory market, you might have like a two to four year payback on a solar array. So that that area, that region will take off and we'll get potentially more involved there. But, uh, you know, in 2008, when we started, not many solar companies were in the Midwest. A lot of it was focused on the East and West Coast where you know, things were a little bit more progressive traditionally, some of the bigger cities. So um, now we've seen solar like really take off in the Midwest, especially the last couple of years, the last five years, really big uh, projects going on in farmland because there's so much farmland in the Midwest and some of it, you know, the soil uh, quality has gone downhill so farmers are like resting their land per se which means 
they can lease out their land for solar projects. So we're really tapping into some of the big uh, like farm and agriculture related projects. Interesting. And, you know, you mentioned um, Innovatus being an EPC. There, you know, obviously are other PCs out there. Talk to me about, you know, how Innovatus is really able to stand out from its competition. I, I think one of our big selling points is that, you know, we've always been less than 40 people. We've always been based in the Midwest, uh, Indiana grown. We're, 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 uh, we're Hoosiers. So um, I think all that being said, we're pretty nimble and, and flexible, and we've been able to adapt and evolve with the marketplace. Um, you know, some people might say, well, you know, aren't you missing out? Like, couldn't you hyper-focus on a segment of the market and, and do better? And at times we do that, but um, because we've, we've been uh, smaller, not had a massive overhead, we've been able to figure out um, year over year how to adapt and evolve with the marketplace because the industry is just is always changing the regulatory market policies and um, you know paybacks and certain markets it, everything's in flux uh, so we really have um, I think had a competitive advantage to to be adaptive and and be able to evolve with them with the marketplace and we've had a culture of being like Midwest nice. <laughs> a lot of people have called us like, oh, you, you guys are like the uh, Midwest nice folks. And um, so we've always gotten complimented at like national shows because we, we uh, were like the, I don't know, like the underdog story. Maybe that's what it is. And uh, so we've always ran with that. Like, yeah, yeah, we are. The, we are the nice guys. Like you do want to work with us. Um, like we do have a fun culture, you know, a good brand. So um, um, I think those are some some competitive advantages. I think that's fantastic. And, you know, I'm curious, I'm, I'm not an expert in solar. So when we're talking about your clients, do you tend to see the biggest challenge as not having, you know, the, the, the capability or, you know, a place to start when it comes to solar? Or do you tend to find yourself coming into projects like halfway through? So yeah, what we call we call that in yeah solar probably a lot of industries like shovel ready projects. Um, with with the EPC market, like a lot of times, yeah, you will come into a project that's already, you know, the site's already been leased, or the roof roof has already been selected, and they've already kind of done some preliminary engineering um, or selected equipment they want to use. So, uh, yeah, a lot of times we do come in and, and things are already like well along, um, especially more lately. But uh, when we started, it wasn't always that way. Like we were really having to pitch solar. You know, I'd really say the first five years of the company, you know, in, including even into 2015 when I was when I was starting and I started in 2012, like that stretch, we were doing a lot of education. Like solar wasn't mainstream yet. So we were really having to talk about the technology. How long is it going to last? Does it really work? Does it like a common thing is, does it work in the Midwest? Like, is it, is it sunny enough? And the, 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 the it's a good question, but the answer is always yes. Yes. Uh, for instance, Germany, I don't know if it's true anymore, but at one point Germany had installed the most solar in the world and 
Germany gets about the same amount of average sun hours a day as, as like a lot of Alaska. So what, so we would always tell people, Hey, you, if you can do solar in Germany and Alaska, you can do solar in the Midwest and don't be afraid of cloudy days or snowy days. You know, it's, it sun still penetrates through our clouds and actually still generates power. So, um, Solar is it become mainstream, I think, and so there needs to be uh, less and less education uh, and, and selling people on solar uh, as opposed to our beginning years. Um, so, uh, yeah, primarily people are, are ready or have made up their mind that they, they want to do go solar. And, and there's so many customers now that are already have made up their mind. They want to go solar uh, or they've already taken the steps to do it so like when we come in you know the the bus has already left the station so it's it's easier to get get the project done uh, or at least started <laughs> I think that's great yeah. I, I like that analogy that's awesome so it sounds like you know you've been really on the ground you know hitting hitting the the dirt as they say talking about education you know where where you started back in I think you mentioned 20, 2012 or 2015 um to where you are now and you know the importance of like you said education and talk to me a little bit about how sustainability kind of pulls into that and pulls that into um Innovatus. yeah so when I started the sustainability focus in 2019 you know we were we were um doing a little research on the marketplace and like one little basic thing was like not many solar companies were doing a sustainability report. So I was, I was big on, we got to get a sustainability report going. And uh, then we looked at uh, like green teams, uh, a lot of, you know, different industries, they'll do a launch a green team uh, to really um, springboard sustainability efforts. So we did that. Um, and we started we started doing things that we thought weren't being done in the industry quite yet, and that there was a need need for this sustainability focus, not only for ourselves and to grow our our brand and our company, but also to help the industry think about uh, more about sustainability or uh, circularity, more of like a circular economy concept to reduce our impact and. Um, the last five years, I think the industry has really changed uh, because solar has grown so much and it's taken up a lot of land in some cases. So I think a lot of companies and not just us have realized that, you know, there's still a footprint with with solar development and what are ways we can reduce our footprint. So um, we've been a part of that. You know, hopefully we've encouraged others to grow their sustainability focus and what that means and how to reduce your company footprint while also making more money like that. Let's face it. Like everybody wants to make more money. Right. And so if you, if you can show we we can do things that are more sustainable and environmental friendly, lowering our footprint, but also make more money doing it. Like that's, that's, that's an ultimate win. And we've been able to prove that like, for instance, recycling like construction debris waste at the sites uh a lot of cases if we're recycling versus landfilling we're we're uh spending less money on the waste management because either way you got to manage waste in construction right so we've been able to 
uh, showcase that recycling is saving us money or, or, a, or a, like pretty much breaking even compared to landfilling, which is a win because it's better for the environment. It's better for our brand. Uh, it's just, it's, it's better for everybody. So, um, the, the habitat, uh, has, has, uh, been another area of focus trying to do more eco-friendly habitat. So pollinator habitat or native plants species have really become a model in the solar industry underneath the solar panels and around the solar panels. And, um, companies are even doing a lot of sheep grazing. So there's benefits around that. Um, so there's this movement within solar called agrivoltaics. And there's even conferences now within solar focused on this, basically environmental things you can do with solar um, to be more sustainable, reduce your impact and, and work more in harmony with, with nature. So um, a lot of these things have just taken off and we've been a part of it. Uh, hopefully have encouraged people to, to change and grow. Um, so I, you know, I, I've been just thrilled with the growth in the industry and, um, you know, I'm happy to say that we've, we've come a long way in, in the five years, um, that we've been doing sustainability now. I think, I think it's five years <laughs> bad with basic math, but, uh, I'm working at it because that's part of sustainability is showing people the numbers and like, Hey, if we're spending the next amount of dollars on something what's it saving you? And so a lot, in a lot of cases, I'm trying to show by spending money on sustainability, here are the savings. And uh, in a lot of cases, like, like I said, it, we're, we're saving quite a bit and uh, it's, it's kind of a no brainer. You know, it's not, it's, I don't have to sell it as much as we did, uh, you know, five years ago when there were still questions about, is this really, you know, sustainable or is this, should we really be doing this? You know. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's awesome. Well, Tyler, as we start to wrap up this episode, is there anything that you want to leave our listeners with, whether it be advice, um, anything about the industry, solar sustainability, anything you want to leave our listeners with? Um, I think sus sustainability and um, the word gets used a lot now, and and there's different words that are thrown around along with it. You know, circular economy, um, regenerative uh like a re regenerative uh concept there uh there's some great words out there that are all tied to uh sustainability and kind of like how to do business while having a minimal impact on the environment or even a net benefit on the environment and in terms of that i think it's about continuous learning and 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 gaining knowledge and and learning every day to, to continually improve because you know, what you thought was sustainable a year ago might not be as sustainable uh, today. So never settle. Um, I, I think that applies to everything with, within a, a professional um, industry or whatever career you choose. Like never settle. Always, always try to gain more insights and knowledge and, and continue to improve, um, you know, and, and, and keep chasing that that vision um and i and i think the more you can your company or in your role the more you can be adaptive and and evolving too uh because things are always changing and uh sounds like there's somebody outside honking i don't know if you're picking that up okay. but um okay good uh so yeah be 
being able to um, change with the times and be proactive, uh, you know, like be proactive versus reactive as much as you can, I, I think is a, is a great, easy saying. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm a, I'm a sustainability junkie, you know, or, or some might call me a tree hugger, you know, I'm big on uh, conservation, uh, you know, saving our environment and, uh, and really big into uh, waste and recycling and um, happy to share that I actually re recently published a book called uh, Reinvent Your Waste. And uh, it's all about uh, a model for understanding that resources on our planet are scarce and that we basically shouldn't be landfilling anymore or throwing stuff out in, in, in the water on our streets. Like we really need to treat trash, trash as a treasure and, and, and reinvent it and find ways to reuse it or recycle it and, and get rid of the, the landfill model. I think the landfill model served a purpose and, and I you know applaud everybody that's been involved in that. But now now we can we can get rid of landfills. Uh, I think that would be a win. So that's kind of what the book dives into, and I'm able to use it in my professional career because uh, I think recycling and reinventing waste really aligns with this like the circular economy concept and eliminating waste from uh, from business uh, from our lives and uh, you know maximizing uh, or having a net impact on on the planet uh if possible you know it's pretty hard you know humans we do have an impact on the on the world so but if you can have a business or have a family and and give back to the, to our mother earth you know i think that's that's the ultimate win so um but yeah if anybody wants to download the book you can go to uh reinventyourwaste.com uh, or you can also just go on Amazon or Barnes and Noble and type in reinvent your waste book. And right now for the next couple months, it's downloadable for 99 cents uh, digital. And then there's going to be an audio version released soon. Uh, or you can buy a, a, a soft cover copy as well. Although that might be the least sustainable option, but you can you can do that as well. Fantastic. Well, Tyler, thank you again. I think this has been a terrific conversation. I appreciate all of your insights, all of your advice, and I really appreciate you being on Business Ninjas today. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah, it was fun to talk about everything I love. So, uh, Kelsey, I uh, really appreciate being on the podcast. Great to have Hey, are you a business ninja? Want to be interviewed like this? Give us a shout. Go to www.writeforme.io. W-R-I-T-E-F-O-R-M-E dot I-O and schedule a time to meet with us and we'll make it happen. Keep slaying it, y'all.